0: Hey, good morning. It's a 30 Pacific time, Wednesday, August twenty fifth, two thousand twenty one. Thanks for tuning in. Behind Enemy Lines radio podcast. Who knows what I am really going to call it long term, but it is a podcast. It's just about every day, and even more so if there are breaking news events, like there are right now, and seem to be always if you tune into cable news. But uh, going to provide some updates and commentary on the psychotic stream of events since we talked yesterday and it really is it really is a bizarro world Uh, we're living in uh, the press is living up to what i said they would do we know them well you know it's what rush used to say he knew them better than he knew his own naked body and i think i do as well if you recall i talked about how it won't be long before the media Circles the wagons for the Biden administration. And they're not going to do it overnight. But they're doing it quicker than I thought they would. Because they can't help themselves. And so what you're seeing is a reference to the total evacuated from Afghanistan. So we'll, we'll open up with Afghanistan. We'll read some of the leftist headlines, which are all really, I mean, they're grouped. You can just go to CNN now. And it's, you know, Politico... The, hunting, you know, the Huntington, Puffington, Post, all those Mother Jones. You don't have to go to them individually to find crazy. You can go one-stop shop. You can go right to CNN and see everything there. I mean, they are absolutely now going back to being off-the-chain leftist, liberal, socialist. And they're almost back to where they were just two weeks ago. The narrative that's being pushed now in the White House... Remember, the press works for the White House when there's a Democrat. The narrative is talking about the total evacuated. And I think the number is over 70,000 as of today, total. But you can dig now and actually find some reporting on the number of Americans who have been evacuated. And that number is 4,000. Okay? It's 4,000 Americans that have been evacuated after being stranded in Afghanistan during this entire debacle. So if you go to CNN, like today, you might've seen a news update. I do follow them just to keep track on how crazy they are and continue to be. They're touting uh, about 20,000 evacuated in the last 24 hours, but there's absolutely no updated provided from the Pentagon on how many of those 20,000 are American citizens. They don't know. And there's a big problem with how the embassy checks people in and out. And this is something that's ongoing. This isn't just this administration. Is people don't have to register or deregister upon arriving in countries like Afghanistan. So for accountability purposes, you're supposed to keep track with the embassy when you're there and when you're not. The problem is that log of people is just inaccurate. So they just don't know how many people are there. It's something you'd think They'd work on before they pulled out the military and allowed a terrorist sympathizing organization like the Taliban to take over a country in a week. You'd think they'd want to get that list tightened up. They didn't. So they're scrambling just to estimate who is there, meaning Americans and who isn't. But right now, total, not in the last 24 hours, but total since they've started reacting and evacuating without any real overall plan or strategy, 4,000 Americans. The lowest estimate I've read is that there are 15,000 in Afghanistan. So at best, 11,000 Americans are still stranded with a deadline of August 31st for the complete total withdrawal of our middle military forces looming. That is less than a week. It's horrifying to think that we would do that while any Americans are still on the ground in Afghanistan, and I don't think we will. I just don't see it. Biden did another one of his press conferences. Yes, it's, it's not a press conference. It's a it's a statement, right? He came out and read a statement yesterday and it was obnoxious. And the amazing part is whomever wrote it, we know Biden had nothing to do with it. It's straight from the teleprompter. Whomever wrote it talked about an America rescue plan, right? That's what, you know, O. Biden talked about when he first, and that's the, the legislation passed really it was executive if i believe it there was an american rescue plan and part of it is this crazy infrastructure bill to the tune of 3.5 trillion dollars it's an ongoing campaign slogan right america rescue plan involves funding for all kinds of social programs and entitlements very little having anything to do with economic rescue or covid response but that's how they touted it but how does the president of the United States during, you know, while overseeing this massive disaster in Afghanistan where Americans need to be rescued, say the words American rescue plan and not be referring to the actual rescue of Americans behind enemy lines stranded in Afghanistan? I mean, what a blunder to say those words and then talk about something other than rescuing actual Americans. So the, the statement started off completely stupid, tone deaf. Obnoxious, and was an opening talking about the economy, mentioning COVID, I believe, because that's his go-to, and then he went, and now on to Afghanistan, said a few things, covered his ass, threw Trump under the bus or tried to, mentioned him, couldn't help himself, and then famously now, this is his legacy, turned and walked like a feeble old man trying to move quickly, right, out of a restaurant or in a room where someone farted. He got out of there fast. And all you see is the back of his bald head and his wobble. Off he goes. No questions from the press. I don't know how anybody on his staff doesn't raise their hand. They're probably afraid of him. But you'd think they'd raise their hand and say, Sir, I, I, this is going. you're going to become a caricature of yourself doing this. You already are. They wouldn't say that. But you walking away is going to be the lasting image of your disastrous legacy as president of the United States. I mean, how can someone who gets paid to be on a White House staff, one, not know that, and two, not provide that feedback to their boss? It's it's ludicrous, right? These are These are huge oversights on Biden's part. He has no idea. He's not really in tune or self-aware enough to, I'd say, focus on what anything looks like. He has no idea how he's being perceived. And that's part of the problem of having a Democrat in the White House. The press overall, I mean, let's take out the last five or six days where even the farthest left, except for Joy Reid and Jennifer Rubin and these other just pathetic people who are shilling for him at the worst of times, but the majority of the liberal press was very hard on Joe Biden for a time, for about a week. That's over. That is absolutely over. The opinion pieces are now going to shift heavily, in favor of Joe Biden because they're panicking each day in this period of the Afghanistan crisis. Each day, polls on approval are being released on Joe Biden and they're disastrous, okay? And I mean, they've even, they've even marched out a former White House staffer for George Bush who's become this anti-Republican sycophant. He came out yesterday on CNN and talked about how what, what a great job Biden has done. No news outlet right now while americans are stranded should be interviewing anyone that praises anybody in charge of this shit while americans are at are at risk of losing their lives or worse i can't believe cnn had this clown on and he came on and he did his thing and that is their way of getting their viewership back if you go to twitter right now and look at cnn look at nbc and any of their anchors go to jake tapper's twitter account the, the, the feed is full. I mean, it's majority followers, except for me trolling them and getting them to melt down. The majority of them, majority of the tweets are of people admonishing CNN, freaking out, telling them they're not watching anymore because of how negative they've been. Right. That is an example of what CNN viewers have been conditioned to expect from a, quote, news organization. Right, they want, they want what we get from Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity, but they want that all day long. They want a show, a produced political show from the news anchors who are for a little bit here doing their job and being critical, as they always should be, of a president of the United States. Balanced critical is fine with me, but this disaster makes it very difficult Really impossible for any serious person to shed any positive light. but I'm even going to try today because there are things the military are doing that are positive to bail people out. Finally the US military is leaving Kabul Airport and being allowed to run rescue missions. And I think this should have been done days ago. I think before the August 31st deadline our guys have a little more protection, from the fact that there's a deadline and the Taliban leadership does not want any kind of skirmish or fight with any allied military unit. They don't want that, right? They just want us out. The smart people, the ones that know how to manipulate this and have done so well being recognized as official Afghan leaders, the Taliban, they've done a great job of getting countries like China to fully recognize them right they're going to have a they're going to be part of the global money standard they are getting a country like none other in modern in the modern area for an islamic state that's what's happening right now they don't want to mess that up right but as time goes by and they just released the Taliban has said officially hey we don't know we can't really control our guys in the field they know the savagery of these men these nutcases in their tribal groups that are loyal to the Taliban, but this is not like some organized, well trained, accountable military unit. Okay? These are basically Islamo fascist mercenaries who have no respect for women or anybody and hate, hate anyone affiliated with the United States, the Allies, or the former Afghan nation. So that the Taliban even knows as time goes by. These guys are going to be harder to control. That's the real danger Americans are in right now. Those who are stranded, yes, stranded, Ms. Pisaki, outside of the airport, unable to safely get there. That's still the case right now. And you could see it last night that the White House, the State Department, and the military all contradict each other on the messages they're sending to these poor people trapped, right? At one moment, it's get to the airport, we'll get you, or call us, we'll help you get there. The other is it's too dangerous, don't come. Which do you believe? There are people doing interviews. It sounds like it's still very dangerous, especially for women and children. And anybody trying to get to the airport that is an Afghan citizen is being told by the Taliban, we're not letting you go. So the people that have helped us are also in grave danger because the official policy of Taliban leadership is to not let these individuals out of the country. You think these tribal psychopaths on the roads and in these provinces outside of Kabul are going to make it easy for Americans to just drive up the road and catch a flight? there are tons of flights now, right? And this is why the press is aligning and surrounding themselves around the the narrative that is keeping track of the total evacuated, right? That's the number they're going to keep reporting. They know that enough people are going to assume the bulk, the majority, if not all are Americans, which is not remotely the case, but that is where they're going to go. And All the while, the Taliban are now telling Afghan women to stay home from work because soldiers are, quote, not trained to respect them. So there's apparently going to be a training program afterwards. CNN, their world news uh, outlet, is reporting this story with great zeal and enthusiasm, implying that, hey, just hang out for a while, covered in your faceless burqa while we train these guys. Are you shitting me? There's gonna. What, are they going to do some kind of online deal by Zoom? Give me a break. And CNN's nervous. I, I love this. Um, <laughs> where's the, the... I got a story here. Yeah, let's see. Afghan COVID vaccinations plummet. So CNN put this on their front page. There's less than a week until the U.S.-Afghans withdrawal deadline. And during the chaos... COVID-19 vaccinations in Afghanistan declined 80%. No shit. No shit. Who's, Who's running vaccinations now? You think the Taliban gives a shit? Which is kind of amazing. All this time, without access to CNN, without access to the world community, the Taliban has survived COVID just fine. With the most primitive medical care at their fingertips, the Taliban has not had to slow down for COVID. But CNN has to let you know, oh my gird, oh my gird, COVID-19 vaccinations are plummeting 80% in Afghanistan. You think that's a priority right now for the people living in fear or trying desperately to get out, Americans, Afghan citizens, and the like? Oh, wait, honey, before we race to the airport hiding our identities, hiding our children, we should go by and get a fucking shot. You know that's not going to happen. But they're bringing COVID into this because that's their go-to. That's their comfort zone. They're absolutely more than excited that this pandemic is continuing. They'll do everything they can to keep it negative and scary so that you tune into their bullshit every day and take your mouthful of medicine of fake news. And it's it's just absolute it's absolute insanity. Like I opened the show, it's it's we're in a bizarre world. They they don't they don't really care to give us anything positive. And so the pressure continues, regardless of all this positive spinning by the left-wing press, the the Biden administration is still under the pressure they should be to get Americans out. So that's the total to watch. You can Google it. It took one simple search and Yahoo popped up an article that 4,000 Americans total have been evacuated. So we are, we are no, nowhere near where we need to be as far as getting American citizens out by the August 31st deadline, less than one week away. And... It is uh, pretty crazy. There's some, there's some live reporting now. This is the other one. So let's look at what they're doing from Kabul. CNN, right? Everyone's doing this on the left, but we'll focus on CNN. They have a reporter there who just got there and is pleased with the orderly nature of operations at the airport. So as of today, you'll see one story from CNN where it says more than 10,000 people are still at Kabul's airport waiting for flights. Remember, 10,000 people. The, the vast majority of which are Afghan citizens. But um, now, what's, a, what's really scary about the deadline is that with all these people at the airport, with more Americans stranded outside the airport, we have actually begun to continue the troop withdrawal. So what we're doing is playing politics and actually negotiating with the terrorists. We're sticking to the August 31st deadline. Now, this is, I believe... Totally aesthetic, right? This is appearance only. There is no way behind closed doors. John Kirby, the Pentagon Pentagon spokesperson, the Secretary of Defense, Joe Biden, Joe Biden's wife, whoever is running the country, no one believes that all of our military troops will be out of Afghanistan in six days. It's not going to happen, okay? But they've started the withdrawal to appease the Taliban. That's the only reason they're, one, doing it, and even worse, reporting it, right? I mean, it'd be one thing if they really planned to be gone. You wouldn't telegraph that to the savage enemy looming outside, the, right outside the door. You wouldn't say, hey guys, we started leaving. If you actually were going to leave and be gone, because it'd be easy for them to hang back like six days. We'll bring hell on day seven. They're doing it To appease the Taliban, to give them some political capital so they can say, hey, look, the Americans are still leaving because of us. They're holding the deadline because we said yesterday that is an absolute deadline and there will be a price to pay if they're not gone. That was what the Taliban said. So we are playing the game to look like we're politically um, aligned with them, which is horrifying to think that we've ever, in any way, are going to be aligned with the Taliban. And now, the two U.S. Defense, defense officials are openly saying, yeah, we've started taking people out. Troops are leaving. So we're emboldening the enemy. But I think that's purposeful because it's to keep them at bay for a few more days. Right. They know at some point Biden or someone's going to have to come out there and say, hey, we've pushed it a week. We have to. And we've sent the CIA director. We've got all these people talking to the Taliban and it's OK. And it probably will work with the Taliban leadership for a short period of time. Keep in mind, these organizations like the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS or ISIS-K, which is now the ISIS wing in Afghanistan, they always have tenuous power at the top and they have to appease the hardcore Islamists in their organization. Now, the one organization that is true to form from top to bottom is ISIS. There is very little wavering with regard to adhering to Sharia, strict Sharia law from top to bottom in ISIS, okay, they are the real deal. The OGs, the new, the new recruits. You join ISIS because you want to live the most hardcore Wahhabi Islam lifestyle. Al Qaeda's not quite there. Taliban's not there. They all believe in the same fundamentals, right? I mean, no matter where you go, as a woman, you're fucked. But these guys in ISIS, they're the worst, okay? And uh, imagine, I mean, if there was a deadline with ISIS. The, the ISIS leadership would have to do something on September 1st because they would be overthrown in the worst possible way by the rank and file of the ISIS military unit, right? The, the savages that run the show in the field, the ones who run the operations, the ones, the ones who train homicide bombers, those are the guys that expect nothing but the most committed, psychopathic interpretation of Islam all the way to the top. Taliban, they might waver at the top and they'll get away with it for a few days. What will happen, in my opinion, is as we get past the deadline, there will be independent terrorist activity going on to send a message to the United States and the allies. And it won't just be Taliban, which will be Al Qaeda at that point. They're the hated enemies with ISIS-K. One positive we have going on here is the Taliban and Al Qaeda hate ISIS, and ISIS hates them. And the problem is, the good thing is, is you can count on the Taliban being the enemy of our enemy, right? They will do what they can to stop ISIS and ISIS-K. They'll fight them. They'll kill them. They'll execute them. Same goes the other way. The problem is ISIS-K is picking up momentum in Afghanistan, okay? They're the real terrorist threat right now to our Americans and our allies at Hamid Karzai International Airport in Kabul. ISIS-K is an officially recognized threat now by the CIA and the State Department. That is scary because they don't care about political agendas. They don't care about China recognizing them. They don't care about being members of the quote, international community. They care about one thing, like most of these Islamists do, and that is total total caliphate over the world, right? The world, the infidels bending their knee to Islam. Their mission is done only on that day, 100% of the planet falling under Sharia law. And they've said it openly in interviews recently, the Taliban has. So although ISIS is worse, don't let that cloud the fact that the Taliban is still horrible. They're just not quite the upgraded 2.0 version of horrible that ISIS was, who are incredibly weak in Syria because of our former president. And so that's the danger. That's what happens as we come up against a red line like Obama established in Syria and didn't pass, right? Didn't do anything when ISIS crossed that. Now we have a red line, which I hope is artificial. I mean, it's, I, I, I don't, I don't believe it's real. I really don't. I will be surprised if our troops are gone by August 31st, that will take some kind of major tide change in our favor, in favor of evacuating Americans, because there is no way, there is absolutely no way our troops, I don't know if our guys will leave, I mean, you you could have a total um, mutiny in the ranks in Kabul. I mean, they're good guys. This is not the military leadership, the high-ranking brass calling the shots from the Pentagon, from their air-conditioned offices, right? Command on the ground, who has some intel, right? We've really lost all our assets outside of the airport, but they're getting reports. They know Americans are out there. They just don't know how many. Are you telling me these commanders, the ones who still respect guys like George S. Patton, are going to get on a helicopter or get on a plane and leave Americans behind? No fucking way. No way. I didn't serve with anybody that would do that. I certainly wouldn't. And these guys aren't going to leave. I don't see the pilots flying them out. I don't see the commanders leaving. And if the commanders try to get the troops to leave, I don't see them leaving. No way. Because these troops are talking to people. They're getting word as the Afghans pour into the airport. They're finding out, hey, I have I know Americans who can't get here. That's how it works. They're having conversations. They're holding their babies. They're giving them water. So they're hearing the stories, right? Albeit anecdotal, right? These are individual stories. They can't capture actual data. These have an effect on you. When your people or just good people, innocent people are suffering, you swore an oath in the military, right? I mean, there is something, you swore an oath to something greater than yourself, and you have to live with yourself when you leave an area of operation. And most of these guys and gals would rather not live in shame, right? They don't want to leave and feel the shame of leaving somebody behind. They, I mean, I can tell you right now, they would rather take the the punishment under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. They'll take a court-martial which imagine the military trying to do that, right? And that's what we, the one good thing we live in today is although there is really very little accountability against the military for harming soldiers legally, right? They can do just about whatever they want. We do have a world, thank God, for the online social media journalism that we can all partake in. And can you imagine what people, what American citizens would do if we tried to punish somebody for staying behind and putting their lives at risk to save Americans and to save allies. I don't see it happening. Again, August 31st, there's just no way. There's no way we're flying out of there with no boots on the ground uh, and leaving all these people behind. In other news, right, let's shift gears because while this political disaster, right, again, this is all Biden cares about. This is all Kamala cares about, is the political fallout from this. While that's happening, the good soldiers in Nancy Pelosi's House of Representatives are pushing forward heavy on the January 6th commission, right? The now, what is not an insurrection per the FBI. That story came out a few days ago. They're pressing forward and not just subtly, but now they're trying to subpoena phone records of people like Jim Jordan right, on the January 6th day of guys who might have had a conversation with Donald Trump. You think maybe Donald Trump might have called them and said, hey, are you guys okay, right? So these clowns, the Democrats on this panel, right, the committee chair representative Benny Thompson from Mississippi, Democrat, they listen to these hearings. They're trying to push this story big time, right? This is a huge mission now. The the marching orders have gone out to the Democrats on this committee. Hey, you got to keep this going and you got to make it big, don't worry. The press will report anything and everything you say. They even had Don Lemon had Adam Schiff on last night, right? That idiot from California who claimed he'd seen collusion evidence, right? Still has credibility with that dumbass Don Lemon. So Don Lemon, right? The talking heads are going to take their marching orders, right? And they're talking about it last night, that they're going to subpoena McCarthy, Jordan calls, all these phone calls. Because although the FBI handed him a big strikeout on anything that was coordinated, on any kind of operation that was run centralized, which is what an insurrection is, and really any kind of terrorist activity, they're going to push, right? They're going to be their own legal body, ignore the Department of Justice, which is the FBI, and do their own thing. And they're going to get these phone records. Now, it's going to be an interesting legal battle. At the same time, Kevin McCarthy's saying, guys, while the Afghan, Afghan disaster rages on, we should probably not be doing this. And of course, he's admonished and the press freaks out. How dare you? Okay, fine. We know the Democrats would be doing the same thing if the opposite were happening, right? If this was a panel looking at a Democrat activity and riot and whatnot, they'd be screaming the same thing. That's Washington. But I think McCarthy has a good point and probably should pause it. I think it'd be better if you were actually looking to for some kind of result from this. You'd think you would have... A better deal if you postponed and handled this maybe in a couple weeks when this volcano of a disaster is going on in Afghanistan. But they're not logical thinking people. They're probably very angry. Uh, The headlines when this commission started was about going after Trump. I mean, the media was celebrating that. This was maybe, what, a month ago? Maybe a little longer. I knew it was ridiculous. Again, they can't touch him. And with the FBI saying it wasn't a large organized conspiracy, there's no way they're touching Trump. They're, they're throwing a Hail Mary here with the phone calls. They're hoping that, remember, phone calls all they all they needed last time to impeach him. This would be some way of impeaching him again and making it so that he can't run. Don't Don't doubt it. That's what this is about, especially with what Joe Biden's doing. Because it's helping pave a way for a return of Donald Trump, and that would be Trump 2.0, their worst nightmare, the sequel, 2024. And Trump is playing it smart, not doing too much, not saying too much. I hope this is a trend because when he says something, it has a lot more weight and meaning. When he does a rally, because they're not as frequent, they have a lot more weight and meaning. And so the January 6th commission is the last hope, I think of taking that riot and turning it into something that brings down Donald Trump. They're gonna strike out again. We know it, they know it. But they're trying, again, it's political cover. They figure even if we lose this, if we just do a report that only CNN and MSNBC reads, then we did something, right? That justifies the millions of dollars spent on this wasted investigation. I'm enjoying The woke go broke saga continue. Remember what Trump said? Everything woke goes to shit. Fantastic line. One of my favorites of all time. And now look at New Orleans. So the New Orleans Saints, right? I guess that's a name that they're allowed to keep. Unlike the Washington Redskins, the New Orleans Saints are now selling tickets for less than $1 after the team requires fans to be vaccinated or tested before games. Sorry, but that that isn't going to last. <laughs> NFL teams were getting away with exorbitant prices just a few years ago. I was in Seattle two, uh, three or four years ago and went to a Seattle Sounders game, which wasn't too bad. That's the soccer team. It was a great experience, great fans, great atmosphere. No homeless people are allowed in the stadiums. So that made it nice. And I just took a gander because I knew I was going to be there again in a few months. What well, would be, I'd love to go to Seattle Seahawks games. I figure those are great. This was before the NFL was taking knees and putting politics before profit as a business, which is a big mistake. And I remember a decent seat in Seattle going for about $650 a ticket. And I don't think, I think that's one of the more coveted seats because they sell out, uh, season ticket spots every year big fan base there but look at new orleans i mean i don't know what they used to sell tickets for but one dollar per game and i there's somebody that posted a screenshot of what looks to be something from StubHub where you can actually see your seat right the vantage point if you've gone there and bought uh, tickets for any decent sized sports venue it's pretty amazing you can actually look on your phone or computer and get an idea of what the field will look like if you're sitting at that seat now this is clearly a view from a a cheap seat it looks like row 50 of section 630 upper deck and it's priced at zero dollars so they're not even charging for the ticket they're hoping you come and buy a goddamn beer get some food that's how they're going to hit hit any kind of revenue so times are desperate for people that make these decisions and, you know, you know, maybe the New Orleans states are coming from a place where they genuinely believe it's safer overall. Huge mistake. It's one thing to mandate your team and employees. But when you start doing it for customers, because the corporate woke fest is getting bigger and bigger, what the White House realizes and what Joe Biden is saying in every one of his appearances is he's touting all of the corporate leaders, the AT&Ts and the like, are mandating vaccines for their employees so it didn't stop with hospitals or military members which the pentagon says it's absolutely mandatory and that's understandable sorry if you've been in the military i was in the military they your property that that's one of the other things you sign on for so if they tell you you got to get a vaccine which they've done for many years you have to get the vaccine or they will write your ass up and they will discharge you and i don't think that's going to change with the covid19 vaccine but now we're in new territory First, when we have corporations, big, well-known companies mandating their employees to be vaccinated, okay? Got to be a tough position if one of you out there is mandated by your place of work in these times and you really don't want to get the vaccine, I feel for you, because I hope you get it, not because of any medical reason. I, I think you should do it to keep your job. Pick your battles. Don't die on that hill, But it's your business, too, and I hope you can find a place that's more welcoming and, frankly, more American than the company you're at. Well, the New Orleans Saints, I'm sure, as an organization, mandated vaccines for their employees, probably provided them. Now they're going so far as to mandate fan vaccination or testing before the games. I think they would have gotten away with some level of maybe temperature checking, maybe, but coming in and requiring people... To go through a COVID test, which aren't easy to get right now. Cases are up. I know people where I am that have had a hard time on short notice just walking in and getting a COVID test. When you go back to April, even May, before we had the COVID, June, you know, before the COVID Delta thing started creating more cases. Let's be real, that variant is damn contagious. Um, but tests were pretty easy to get back then. And you walk in and get them anywhere. Now it's the vaccines. Which is good. You can get a vaccine if you want one. It should be easy, um, but the testing's not. That's a problem because that is the one mechanism for people who do not want to get the vaccine to access venues like the New Orleans. I believe it used to be called the Superdome. I'm sure it's um, sponsored by somebody, in the you know the Land of Lakes Dome or some shit like that. But you can't go unless you're vaccinated, or I imagine it's probably a. Oh, it says right here, 72-hour negative PCR test. So that's the problem now. The rapid test is falling out of favor with the woke culture, right? That's the one you get back in a matter of 30 minutes. I think the PCR takes a day, 24 hours. So you're an NFL fan interested in going in a game. It's one thing to plan your trip to the stadium, which are never easy, right? That's a day. That takes some logistical planning for the on and off fan, the fan that goes to maybe one or two games a year. And Believe me, they track these stats, Those people need to come. You need, your stadium fills up by some large percentage every game, playoff or otherwise, with people that are there for the first time that season every time. And there's probably a subcategory where they go, okay, how many come two to three times? And then season ticket holders and how many of those seats are actually used or resold. or what They track it all. It's a business. They should. They need to stay ahead of that, look for trends, catch any problems, or that's how you lose money over time. Well, they're getting burned now requiring vaccine, the idea, I'm vaccinated, and I'm totally irritated by the idea that I'm going to pay for a ticket and still be told to show some kind of documentation to enter. I'm not talking about buying a drink and showing ID. This has gone way too far, and guess what? They can do it. It's legal. Let them do it. Our one recourse as a consumer is to give them the middle finger, and it looks like that's what's happening in Louisiana, because New Orleans is super blue, but I guarantee you, you look at that fan base on any given Sunday, the vast majority don't live in the New Orleans blue zip code. And the Saints are learning that one the absolute 100% hard way. And it's, it's horrifying. Moving on, you got to talk about Hillary Clinton any chance you get because it's fun to make fun of her i'm sorry and she deserves it because she's i think one of the one of the few living witches amongst us her and kamala harris and we can go down the list there's a picture from the hamptons right there's this typical northeast liberal vacation spot of hillary and bill um and she's covering every inch of her skin walking the beach in the hamptons and she is not only obese but getting close to what is classified as morbidly obese i mean She's massive walking, you know, next to Bill, looking socially distanced as they've always been because they're not a real married couple, but she has her hands covered by this long sleeve, kind of what, you know, fishermen kind of wear wicking material, giant hat. And Hey, I mean, listen, the sun causes cancer. She's fair skinned. So that's smart. If she has any issues and skin cancer finds you anywhere. People get it inside their ear, the bottom of their lip. It actually sprouts up in places that weren't exposed to the sun. It's it's the real deal. Don't fuck around with skin cancer. But just her overall look is, is a goddamn disaster. I mean, she is living the nightmare that she deserves politically because she's an outcast. No one wants to hear from her. Donald Trump broke her as he's broken so many, and I'm happy for that. And I can't wait for the next woman witch on the list, which will be Kamala Harris. Can you imagine if she has the balls to run up against Donald Trump? He will destroy her, he'll melt her. She'll be cackling with that awkward laugh at every appearance because she's got nothing. And so Kamala's gotta be looking at this picture of Hillary and Bill walking. Bill's got a pot belly, he's looking pretty worse for wear, the sex symbol that he was. Um, and I'm sure there are plenty of Democrat leftist women who convince themselves that they'd bang him still, you sickos. I mean, just odd for a guy that bloodied a woman's lip and has been accused credibly of sexual assault by numerous women um, with no charges. You'll hear about Donald Trump and you talk to those same idiots going after Trump for very unfounded, very random accusations and you bring up Bill Clinton and bloodying money to Broderick's lip, and they don't want to talk about it because they're all hypocrites and they don't stand for anything. Well, Hillary living her best life, maybe it doesn't look like a life I want to live. It looks like a life where she's breathing heavily often, just by simply walking up a small incline on the beach. Can't imagine her going up a set of stairs. Just don't see it. Good luck, Hillary. Uh, some there, there's an inter, you see the picture. I'm sorry. There's some kind of intervention needed. For this woman, and and frankly, I hope she gets it. I think I think she's done her time in Trump derangement syndrome prison. Maybe she deserves a pardon if she goes away and shuts the fuck up forever. That would be the one condition I'd I'd uh, mandate. Um, I I just I just don't know who took that picture, but you won't see it on any liberal outlets because there's nothing remotely flattering about it. Um, A victory in the Texas. Well, first, let's talk about the U.S. Supreme Court yesterday by a vote of six to three, which is a big win. Okay, six to three, the um, stay in Mexico policy that Trump's team brilliantly initiated during his tenure, right? This is involving the southern border, where anyone, I don't care where you're from, coming through the Mexican border, uh, approaching our border, seeking asylum, okay, that process is a legitimate. legal process protected um, by the government of the United States, and it's very specific, it's very generous compared to other nations. The policy during the Trump administration, which is now upheld as legal by the highest court in the land, was that those individuals would would stay in Mexico, hence the stay in Mexico policy. Biden took action to end it, which has led to the southern border disaster we have today, the humanitarian crisis that we had today, So if if you're just tuning in you think Afghanistan is where he got started, you've been missing a whole lot because he just was getting warmed up on the southern border. Well, now the Supreme Court has deemed what Trump did legal. What does that mean? Jack shit, because I guarantee you Biden isn't going to change. They are famous. Liberals in the left are famous for touting Supreme Court justice rulings as absolute law when it favors them, just like anything. And completely ignoring them and calling on it being racist, bigoted, homophobe, or just not comfortable, and ignoring them when those rulings don't go their own way. And this wasn't a five to four close decision. This was 6-3. So it's law of the land. It's legal. It is official policy of the U.S border, customs and protection that anyone seeking asylum would stay in Mexico. That's the law. I guarantee you in no short time will that change, if it ever does. I hope to see some pressure from Republicans. What I am excited to see is that Abbott is emboldened. I don't think he's done enough. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, could do more with the National Guard, the Texas National Guard on our southern border. But today he authorized the Texas National Guard to make border arrests. So with the stay in Mexico policy, It emboldens our laws and saying, hey, it is now clearly defined as illegal for you to come across this border. Even if you're seeking asylum, you're not supposed to be here. You can apply for asylum, but while you're waiting for a ruling on your status, you will wait in Mexico. You will not be released here. And we'll see because there are reports of you'll see people on commercial flights being escorted by some government statist with papers And you'll see these families from wherever they are. They're clearly immigrants and they're being escorted and shipped all over the country without official asylum status. So it's good to see Texas who has a, you know, their Texas, the Southern border, the Rio Grande is a border of our nation. And so the national guard will also help with early stages of construction, constructing border barriers and a border wall amen. So there will be a legal battle over this, but there won't be any stopping it. Texas has a right to protect its own state so- sovereign border. And, the, and to quote, the Texas National Guard is playing an unprecedented role to secure the border because of the unprecedented refusal of the federal government to fulfill its obligations under the law, the governor said. Abbott last month ordered the National Guard members to assist the Department of Public Safety in arresting illegal immigrants who break state laws. So, not just by being here, but those who come here and are typically tracked down by ICE federally we now have Texas Department of Public Safety in Texas which as I look at is their essentially their highway patrol right the department department of public safety is the administration over their state law enforcement and now it's not just going to be illegal aliens who commit crimes it's those who are here illegally and cross the border are now going to be arrested by National Guard troops. That's a huge change, because the arrests and the detainments were solely the responsibility of federal border patrol and state law enforcement agency. Now you have more bodies, right? The National Guard and the and he says it right here. The Department of Public Safety needs help in arresting those who are violating state law. That was last month. Um, and what's great is it's getting more funding. We you know we know Texas has a tremendous amount of income tax, revenue, investment, because they fought COVID mandates and lockdowns, they made it a more attractive place to live. The real estate market is growing there for the first time like it never has. And so um, now Abbott has a positive. He knows he's got money. He knows he can compete with the Biden administration for a few years. And so with their inaction, right, with Biden's basically doing nothing down there, except encourage people to keep coming across, Um, he can count on, Abbott can count on uh, some funding to not only help Department of Public Safety, but get the National Guard down there to protect the state of Texas. That's a great development. I hope to see more of it in states like Arizona, run by a Republican. We won't see it in California for a while, Um, but you never know with the recall. Less than three weeks away, if California Republicans pull that off and recall Newsom, it is very likely that staunch Republican conservative Larry Elder is the governor. And you think about what he can do in his power, the governor leads the National Guard. The California National Guard is a massive and very tough organization. And I can, I can assure you that that vast southern border in the state of California, leading into Baja, Mexico, will be reinforced by the National Guard probably the first day Larry Elder is sworn in, and that will be something to see. Um, What's great about these initiatives when the National Guard gets involved is it stops the stem of drugs. We're not talking marijuana anymore. We're talking meth, cocaine, heroin, right? Ever since the legalization of marijuana in states like California, the Mexican cartels have shifted, and they've done a great job from a business standpoint in finding other narcotic demand and addressing it and controlling that trade coming in the United States. And so the, the, you know it says right here, more than 212,000 people attempted to illegally cross Texas's southern border, just Texas. That's the largest month total. So last July, 212,000 people tried to cross the border in Texas. That's the largest monthly total since the year 2000, over 20 years ago. And to compare to last year in July, the Texas southern border only saw 40,929, so about 40,000. So it's up, what, 170,000 year over year? That's insane. I really appreciate you listening. I'll be watching the news. There's a lot to cover. It would be a two-hour show that I I can't swing right now um, because it gets boring for you probably just hearing me talk. One day we might have guests if we grow this high enough. One day we might actually be live. But until then, I hope I've used your time well. I appreciate you listening in. Have a great day. God bless. And we will talk to you soon.